Good morning, Converge Church. Come on, everybody up on your feet. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Is anybody glad to be here this morning? Come on, let me hear you shout out to the Lord. Come on, put your hands together like this. Oh, God, you are good, and your mercy endures forever. Come on, shout out if you believe that.
out of 2 Corinthians during Pastor Ray's time of prayer, you know, in this season, we are talking and fasting and a lot of times he'll say, what does the Lord, has the Lord said anything to you? And the Lord had been speaking to him. And so, um, Pastor Ray, do you want to come and share what the Lord had been speaking to you? Or are you going to let me share that? All right, thank you. Trying to get it all together. So during this season of fasting and praying and this last stretch, we really want to encourage you to set your focus on the Lord. Fasting and praying is not a season of just abstaining from certain foods or abstaining from certain habits that we just go back to. It is a consecration unto the Lord. We're setting specific time, intentional time, aside to say, Lord, I belong to you and you belong to me. I'm going to read you a scripture out of 2 Corinthians 6, 18. And I think our team has that up. It says, and what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God, as God has said. I will dwell in with them. I will dwell in them and walk among them and I will be their God and they will be my people. Look at that. God is talking to us. He will hold us not only by his hand, but he is showing that he will hold us in his heart. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. I will be a father to you and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. And so this week, as we're encouraging you to go deeper, we're saying, come out from among them. Yes, I'm going to go there. So it's okay if you're not eating meat and sweets. But if you're still going to happy hour with your coworkers, that is not coming out from among them. This time of fasting and prayer is a time of consecration. Remember what Romans 12, 1 and 2 says? It says, I beseech ye therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, which means is your reason, presenting your bodies unto God as sacred and consecrated and set apart is your reasonable form of worship. Verse 2 in Romans 12 says, and be ye not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may present yourself acceptable, holy and acceptable unto God. And so our culture will tell us that you can have it your way. But the word of God says if we call him by name Jesus, we are going to have it his way. So this week we want to really go deep. And this is a time not of condemnation, it is a time of learning for all of us. I'm going to give you a prime example. We've got to come out of idolatry, worshiping things. I've talked about it and kind of teased about it, about how much I love coffee. Do you know that I realized that coffee had become an idol in my life? Give you a situation. One day, there was a girl named Wendy, and she decided she was going to get up extra early to go to work so she could first stop by Starbucks before she went to work. She didn't get up that early, about 15 minutes early, and she had to make the choice. Do I do my Bible reading or do I stop by Starbucks? She knew her Bible would still be at home, so she said, I can do my Bible reading when I get home, just so she could make it to Starbucks. And guess what Wendy realized? Starbucks was more important than her time with God. Can you imagine a, a cup of coffee being an idol? And it was. 
And so somebody may say, oh, she gave up coffee. That's not really a big deal. Oh, but it is. Anything that we exalt higher than the Lord is a big deal. We have made an idol. And we can be so careless in our coming and going that we think, oh, it's just coffee. Oh, no, it's costing me some time. I can't afford to be going by Starbucks, and I've got people that need to hear from God. I don't have time to let coffee be an idol, and I need to pray for healings and resurrection from the dead and laying hands on the sick. I don't have time to let coffee be an idol. Oh, but the Word says it is the little foxes that spoil the vine. So we thank God that Wendy had a great pastor, and she was able to go to church and get her life rededicated to the Lord. And she got delivered from the bondage of coffee. Anything that we put above the Lord is idolatry. And 2 Corinthians 6 is saying, come out from among them. We've got to come out. We can't stand in the coffee break room making crude jokes, talking about what we don't like about our boss talking about how this co-worker over here isn't doing what he or she is supposed to be doing. We have got to come out from among that those mindsets. It says, how will they know that they're called by the Lord? It says, you will know them by their love. So this time of fasting and praying is a time for us to reset, not just stop to go back. It is time to reset and go forward. There is a dying world out there at the intersection of Wilmoth Road and 75 that needs to know that Jesus loves them and that they are loved and accepted. So the title of this sermonette is Don't Be Like Your Friend Wendy and make something as simple as a cup of coffee more important than a relationship with Jesus. So whatever you have idealized this week, Whatever you have exalted above your relationship with Jesus, we want you just to lay that thing down. There is nothing that I can give up that God will not repay to me. There is nothing that I could turn away from that he would not fill a void in my life. There is nothing that I can just say no to that God would not give me purpose and joy and abundance to go forth in. So I encourage you in that. I am gonna ask you to take out your bookmarks if you have them. This bookmark contains our prayer point for this prayer and fasting season. And as I said last week, our first point of our strategic prayer points on the back of your bookmark, it says, a transitional or permanent facility that is, and you can see all the things that it is and where you are standing, that prayer has been answered by the grace of God. Last week, our focus was on prayer point number two, winners and sinners, winners, stable, mature Christ followers, so that we may have opportunities to reach the unchurched and the de-churched, and that is unfolding for us weekly, and so we praise God. This week, because it is our last week, I want to break down those last three prayer points. I'm going to ask you to really be intentional Monday and Tuesday for our third prayer point, which is healthy, consistent numerical growth. We've got some scripture there for you to stand on. We don't ever want you to do anything without having the word of God to back it up. And so we have some scripture for you to look at out of the book of Acts. On Wednesday and Thursday, we ask that you intentionally pray for faithful members and high capacity partners who undergird 
Converge Church financially, and we have the Word of God there. We're not going to sell any chicken plates. We're not having a fish fry. We're not going to say, come and get, you know, your anointing oil from the Jordan River, and this. we're not doing that. No, mm -mm. no, that went out in 1982. What we're going to do is we're going to get the Word of God, and we're going to trust Him for every need. We're going to have the word of God. We're going to stand on it, and we're going to believe God that he will do what we're asking him to do. And then on Friday and Saturday, we ask that we pray for intentionally that our culture here at Converge Church with our servant leaders will be a you-before-me attitude, and we have the scripture in Philippians 2. And like I said before, we are going deeper, and I'm just, I just love the way the Lord uh, speaks to our pastor and what he had on his heart this week is just to open up the doors of the church. So Monday through Saturday from 6 to 7 p.m., the doors will be open and you can come and pray. We won't have necessarily a prayer team or somebody specifically to pray with you, but if you need to intentionally just take out some time starting at 6 p.m., you can meet us here at Converge, and you can come in the sanctuary, and you can pray. We want to also remember our prayer requests that we have over here on the cross. We want to see those prayer requests coming down. If there's not anything pressing in your life, you can go and stand next to the cross and pray for those requests. Don't take the envelope down and open it up because that ain't none of your business. But we're going to ask that you come and just be in prayer for us. Be in prayer for the city of McKinney because we are here. Be in prayer for our pastor because we are depending on the Lord to speak through him for us to hear. Be depend, praying for uh, all of us that we have the health and stamina and provision that will allow us to do exactly what we need to do to be the hands and feet of Jesus in this final dispensation. So we love you so much. Thank you so much for being here. And let's finish our fasting and prayer week strong. Enjoy the rest of the service. Good morning. No? No? Hey there. Alrighty. Good morning. Can you hear me? Awesome. Okay. Well, welcome. We are so excited you decided to join us this morning. If it's your first time, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for joining us. We know there's a lot of churches and options um, in the area. There's also the comfy option of staying in bed and not coming. So uh, we really appreciate you joining us. We hope you um, your souls get filled this morning. And also to our Converge family online, hello and welcome. If it's your first time with us here in person, please meet us in guest services after the service. We have a small gift for you. It's just our way of saying thank you for joining us. We also want to get your name, your information, just so you can stay up to date with what's going on here at Converge. Also, if you're not following us on social media, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, please do. Um, that's your fastest way to get news and what's going on here at Converge. We are at We Are Converge. Again, at We Are Converge, except on TikTok, we are at Converge Church. So please follow us, get plugged in. Last but not least, um, is our students, Converge students. Hey to you, yes. Um, they are meeting in the rail on the second and fourth Sundays of every month. The second and fourth Sundays every month. We heard that we had a huge group last Sunday. We had, I think it was eight students choose to give their lives to Jesus, right? Like 
that's what it's all about. They're having fun. They're connecting with a community that may, maybe they don't have uh, within their school system or in their own neighborhood. So it's a really important time uh, for them to have that connection, learn about God. So please, if you have students, make sure you're bringing them with you. They are having a great time back there in the rail. And last but not least, you may have seen some extra tables set up um, in our hallway out front. Um, we are um, recruiting. We are recruiting for help and volunteers. We are so blessed. I think it was strategic um, point number three or four where we're asking for growth. Uh, winners, centers coming in, but also um, the numerical growth. And as you can see in the seats, we are getting it. Um, so that is awesome. That also means we need some more hands uh, to help us. There's a lot of different areas you can serve. So please bring your gifts and your talents, whether you have an area of interest, whether it's with the students or the kids, usher greeter, parking, we have all kinds of opportunities. Um, and even if it's not a gift, maybe you wanna stretch yourself, get a little uncomfortable, grow a little bit uh, personally. Um, we have opportunities with the media team, um, all kinds of different areas. So walk down uh, the hallway after service, um, take a look at see what opportunities are there are, and please consider signing up and joining our teams. We have a great time um, on them, but we also just need uh, the help. So please sign up. That's it for me. Thank you, Cassie. So we also want to make you aware of a few things that are happening. The first thing is next Sunday is a big day for us in that we turned three a couple of weeks ago. So next Sunday is when we're going to celebrate turning three. Next Sunday, January 22nd is our Vision Sunday. And so our pastors are going to come and they're going to cast vision for where the Lord is taking us this year, for what the Lord has to say for our house. And we are going to celebrate three years of God's faithfulness to the house of Converge Church. So mark your calendars and join us. It's going to be a special day. We also want to make you aware of V groups are kicking off in early February and V groups are our Verge groups. They are our small groups. Here at Converge, we have a tagline for our V groups that says, find your circle. And basically what that means is right now, those here in person, we are sitting in rows next to each other. But in our V groups, what we are going to do is we are going to be in circles and do life face to face. Our serve teams, that's our transactional stuff where we all get here on Sunday mornings and we are making it happen all to the glory of God. But these V groups is where we are really going to connect in community. It's our transformational time. So we want you to join us for that. They're kicking off, and we're going to have two kicking off for this winter semester. It's going to be Fight Club for Converge Men, so I need to hear my Converge Men. And that's going to, yes, and that's going to kick off on Sun Saturday, February 4th. And then all the ladies in the house, Converge Her, will be kicking off on Wednesday, February 8th. We'll have more details about how we're going to get connected, what all that looks like, but we want you to mark your calendars for our V Group's winter messer. And then last but not least, we are growing as evidenced by everyone here today. And so if you've been visiting us for a while, if you're interested in joining us, if you want to learn a little bit more about the vision, the culture, and the DNA of Converge Church, we want you to connect with us at our Next Steps class, and that's our new membership class. That's going to take place on Sunday, February 5th, immediately following Converge Live. Again, more details will be coming on what that looks like, on how you can sign up, but mark your calendars for Sunday, February 5th, immediately following the worship service. Thank you guys so much. And the next person you hear from will be Pastor Jesse with our Blessed Life segment.
good morning. Good morning, good morning, good morning. He's worthy. Can you say he's worthy? He's worthy. He's worthy. Thank you so much for coming. We are so excited that you've come to worship with us this morning. We want you to continue to worship with us in the giving of our tithes and our offerings. The Bible teaches us our verse today is Proverbs 3, 9, where it says, Honor the Lord with everything that you own. Give him your first and your best. And so we want to give you an opportunity to worship the Lord this morning through your giving. If you need an envelope, please raise your hand and the ushers will get you an envelope. Please fill the envelope out in its entirety and please fill it out legibly so that we can record your giving. Also, you can give via text by texting 77977 and the dollar amount. You can also give online. We are Converge.com. You can give by downloading our app and clicking on the give section at the bottom of the app. You can also give via Zelle. If you give via Zelle, please click on the email that's associated with our account. And of course, you can give by cash app. We thank you so much that you have chosen to be a part of us and that you've chosen to partner with us and help us in building the kingdom of God through your giving. God, we thank you for your people. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we are so, so thankful and so blessed, God, to have you allow us to celebrate your son, Jesus. And so, God, we do that today. We have gathered together today to celebrate your son, Jesus. And God, as a part of that, we give cheerfully. We have purposed in our hearts to give. And so, God, we give cheerfully this morning. We ask you to bless our people as they give. We ask you, God, to help us to, to be good stewards, God, as we believe that we are in the receiving of the tithes and offering. God, you've blessed us, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. He inspired us to think about freedom, freedom for all people. He inspired us to visualize freedom, freedom in every land. He inspired us to fight for freedom, freedom to stand up as one. He inspired us to be free, free as all God's children. Let freedom ring as we bring the good news to the poor. Let freedom ring as we love our neighbors as ourselves. Let freedom ring, for sin has no dominion over us. Let freedom ring, for we are saved by grace. Let freedom ring, for Christ has set us free. From every mountainside, let freedom ring. This is our hope. With this faith, we will be able to work together, to pray together as all God's children from every state and every city to join hands and sing free at last. We thank God we are free at last.
right, good morning, Converge Nation. Are you glad to be in the house this morning? Yeah, let's try that one more time. I said, are you glad to be in the house this morning? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of beautiful faces. Listen, if it's your first time with us this morning, we'd like to say happy, happy new year to you. And if it's your first time again, we want to say welcome to our in-person worship experience that we like to call Converge Live. If you're joining us online, we'd like to welcome you as well for all those joining virtually. A uh, very special guest with us this morning that I'd like to acknowledge, and that is a dear friend of ours. Uh, Stephanie Dupree is in the house with her husband. Stephanie, are you there? I see your hubby, but I don't see... Okay, she went out for a second. All right, let her know we showed her some love and welcomed her here at Converge Church. Well, we kicked off a brand new sermon series a couple of weeks ago that we're calling Back to the Basics. And God has been helping us as we walk through his word to discover wisdom for the next chapter of our lives. As we look to the sacred text, we discovered that wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, in all you're getting, in all of your pursuits, in all of the things that you desire, wisdom ought to be your highest priority. We define wisdom as the ability to make finer distinctions, not just between good and evil, because that would be easy. Wisdom is the ability to make finer distinctions between what is just good and what is best. So we looked at Proverbs and we discovered from the wisest man who ever lived, Solomon, that wisdom ought to be the principal thing, the thing that we pursue first and foremost. Secondly, we discovered last week that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The origin of all wisdom is fear, reverence, and honor for God. Meaning, if you're going to make wise decisions, wise choices, it must originate in a desire, in a posture to honor God and honor God first. That the first question we ought to ask ourselves in all of our thoughts, in all, in all of our decisions ought to be, will this honor God? And when we begin our decision-making, when we begin our actions with that simple question, will this, does this honor God? We have postured ourselves to make wise decisions. Well, this morning, we're going to continue along that vein, but we have a very special guest with us. Uh, toward the end of last year, I was, like, I was really, really exhausted. I mean, tired, depleted. In fact, I told Pastor Wendy, you know what? I'm we had navigated uh, the pandemic. We had pivoted from meeting uh, in a movie theater, set up and tear down. And, and uh, uh, in fact, we became Converged Church on January 1st of 2020. And then the whole world shut down in March of 2020. Like most pastors, we immediately had to pivot from meeting in person to meeting online. Uh, we, we, in November of 2020, uh, had a, a, a short sort of short-lived attempt to resume in-person service, but realized no one was willing to come and set up and tear down in a portable environment. So we had to pivot back to online only. At the time, we were meeting at the Angelica Theater in the shops at Legacy. Uh, because we didn't have teams and anybody who was willing or available to set up or tear down, we started to ask ourselves the question, well, Lord, where do we go next? And so we started to pray about it, and we reached out to our friends at Preston Trail. Uh, this facility, this campus, used to be the McKinney campus of Preston Trail. They said, absolutely, you guys can meet 
And so in June of 2021, we started meeting here at 1611 Wilmoth Road. We were meeting on Saturday nights, and just to put it in perspective, we had become Converged Church in January 1st, had navigated the pandemic, we were about a year and a half into the pandemic, we felt like the Lord was prompting us to move 17 miles east. That's like uprooting your business and moving to an entire new, entirely new community. In the middle of the summer, on Saturday nights at 5 p.m., we would walk into this building, and apart from the people who were on stage or the people behind the scenes serving, there were only probably about five people sitting out here. For those of you who are here with us, you know that's not an exaggeration. We're like, Lord, what are you doing? This makes absolutely no sense. And in the natural, it felt like we were on life support. But every single Saturday, we showed up, empty seats, and we had no idea that Preston Trail a few months later was about to put this building up for sale. And all of a sudden, it started to make sense. Yeah. In only a few months, look around you. These seats that were once empty, God is beginning to fill. And the reason that matters to us is not just for number's sake. The reason it matters to me the reason it matters to Pastor Wendy and the reason it matters to God is because every seat represents a decision for Christ. And every decision for Christ represents a disciple made. And every disciple made represents a destiny fulfilled. But the truth is, as a pastor, as leaders getting through the pandemic, uprooting your church, moving 17 miles east and starting over, it'll wear on you. It'll wear on you. So my plan was to take the month of January off just to really spend time in prayer. And so I reached out to a number of friends, but y'all know now, y'all know preachers, sometimes we hard-headed. We don't live by our own advice. And so I got up and I preached the first two weeks. It was some good preaching. Well, thank you, Pastor Wendy. Thank you, Pastor Wendy. Uh, but, but I just couldn't shake the fact that one of the people that I invited to speak this month needed to be here. Uh, that that uh, God would entrust a word in season for our church to him. And so I confirmed with my friend, Dr. Ray Mayamiri, who serves as the campus pastor of Lighthouse Church in Houston, Texas, along with Pastor Keon Henderson and his wife, Shawnee. Uh, and uh, I was like, man, you next man up. Pastor Ray needs a break. And I asked Rayma, and man, he said, man, I'll be there. There are a lot of things I appreciate about Pastor Rayma, about Dr. Rayma Amiri, First and foremost, he loves Jesus. That's, that, that's the first thing. 
Number two, I appreciate, the second thing I appreciate is the fact that he is a student of God's word. Third thing I appreciate is the fact that he is from, like me, come on somebody, West Africa. Listen to me, I'm from Liberia, he's from Nigeria, and this morning we're gonna represent the West Side. <laughs> Throw them up. The... So we got the West Side in the house. He's from the motherland. I'm being silly this morning, but listen to me. Open your hearts, man. I'm telling you. Open your hearts as Dr. Rayma and Mary comes to minister. And when I say Dr. Rayma, this ain't honorary, y'all. This is earned. So he's a scholar, a man of great wisdom, anointed of the Holy Spirit, and he's going to come and minister. Why don't you? Give my friend, your friend, our friend, Dr. Rayma Amiri, a good, rowdy, loud, and proud Converge Church welcome as he comes. Come on, Converge. Let's show our love for my dude, my friend. Pastor Rayma. The West Side, Amiri. right? Yeah, West Side. <laughs> Uh, one last thing, well, I, you may be seated. One last thing, I almost forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, let, let's hit it one time. Wakanda forever. Oh my goodness. Just, just, just one time, one time. Wakanda. Come on, T'Challa. Oh my goodness. Come on, give it up for Pastor Ray. Come on. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. Thank you so much for just um, this is the Lord's doing and it is marvelous in our sight. You are sitting. In a debt-free, multi-million, fully furnished and equipped house. This is this is a manifestation of God's goodness and God's grace. And I just want to say thank you. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I want to give honor to whom honor is due. Um, I don't know where he went to, but I want to give honor to Pastor Ray. Um, can you put your hands together and celebrate the gift of God in the house? Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I also want to celebrate the gift of God in the life of Pastor Wendy. I wanted to celebrate her. Amen. Thank you so much, man. Amen. Amen. I bring greetings from my family in Houston and from my church also. I believe I have a word um, from God that is going to change your life. Amen. Amen, amen. I've been talking with Pastor, Pastor Ray, and, and you are in a series um, called Back to Basics. Can I move this a little bit further? Absolutely. So we're in a series called Back to Basics, and we are visiting the fundamentals and the foundations of our faith. And I just want to add to that. I want to add to that today. That's my assignment. Um, Psalms chapter 11, verse 3 says, If the foundations be destroyed, what will the righteous do? So what you do is tied to your foundation. If the foundations be destroyed, what will the righteous do? And today I want to add to that teaching on back to the basics. Amen? If you have your Bibles or you have your iPads um, or your iPhones, we don't do Samsungs. I'm just, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> I saw his, that's why I said it. <laughs> 
<laughs> John chapter 6, verse 13. Actually, Genesis chapter 6, verse 13. We're going to go to Genesis chapter 6, verse 13. And we're going to, we're going to take 13 through 15. I'm going to use the New King James Version. Um, and this is a very familiar story. If you have not um, heard the story, um, this is the Sunday school story about when God told Noah, Noah to build an ark. And I'm just going to use that text to extrapolate some of the things that God wants us to hear this morning. Is that okay? Absolutely. Okay, so let's go to it. Genesis chapter 6, verse 13, 13 through 15, it says, And God said to Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me. For the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Verse 14, it says, Make yourself an ark of gopher woods. Make rooms in the ark and cover inside and outside with pitch. Verse 15, And this is how you will make it. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, its width shall be 50 cubits, and its height shall be 30 cubits. Let's skip over to chapter 7. We're going to pick two verses from there, verse 1 and verse 16. Genesis 7, verse 1 and verse 16, it says, And the Lord said to Noah, Come into the ark. Everybody say, come. Come into the ark, you and all your household. Because I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. Verse, verse 16 says, And those that entered, male and female, God had told Noah to make sure all the animals, male and female, comes into the ark. They came into the ark, male and female, went in as the Lord commanded him. And the Lord shut him in. Now, now, I like the way the New Living Translation says it. It says, and the Lord closed the door behind him. Yeah, yeah. Noah didn't close the door. God did. God closed the door. So for the next few minutes, I'm going to speak on a subject that is titled The Blueprint. Everybody say The Blueprint. Blueprint. Father, we want to ask for the anointing that makes teaching and preaching easy. We ask that you move from center to second, friends. Anything I've planned to say that you don't want me to say, take it out. And everything you want me to say that I've not planned to say, put it back in. At the end of the day, let Jesus be glorified. Let the believers be edified. And let the enemy be terrified in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Look at your neighbor and tell them the blueprint. The blueprint. I'm one of those um, preachers. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change up things a little bit and then I'm going to hand it over to Pastor Ray to clean it up later. I'm one of those, I'm one of those preachers that, that, that requires a response from you. Amen? Amen. So, so look at your neighbor and if your neighbor is not really the person you want to sit beside, tell them you are excused to move to the other seat. No, I'm not leaving. You are leaving. Amen. <laughs> Amen. The blueprint. You know, there are many names we use for God. Many names. We use many names for God. And before I go, wasn't that a powerful time in God's presence? Can we put our hands together for the praise team? Thank you so much. That was amazing. That was amazing. And um, there are many names we use for God. We use names like the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the first and he's the last. We use all those names, and I love those names. 
but there's, there's a name that, that he is called that we don't always use. And the name is God is the master builder. Everybody say the master builder. The Bible says in Psalms 127 verse 1, except the Lord build the house, those that build it, isn't that a contradiction? It says, except God builds the house, those that build it, so Lord, who is doing the building? Except the Lord builds the house, those that build it, build in vain. So who is doing the building? God, are you doing the building or are they doing the building, quote unquote, in vain? And the truth about it is that God is trying to tell us that except you build according to the pattern, Except you build according to the purpose and the plan and the blueprint, you are building in vain. Talking about building, I live in Houston and I live in this estate and um, it's, still, it's still under construction. So it's, it's, it's developed in phases and there is this vacant lot a couple of blocks from my house. And every day we, we, we drive by that vacant lot and one of these days a couple of months ago, we saw cars lined up. And they broke ground and began to build on that lot. And as work progressed, the building began to come up. And my daughter and my son, while we're driving them to school, my son will be like, Dad, what is going to be the color of the, of the, of the cabinet? What is what's the color of the wall? Is it going to be white? What, what is the color? And, and they began to have conversations and ask me questions about this building. And, and I asked them, how is that any of your business? <laughs> what color the roof will be? How is that any of your business? What color the cabinets are going to be? And it dawned on me that a lot of times, people have conversations about you even when they are not concerned about you. Don't confuse a conversation with concern. Just because people are having conversations about you doesn't mean they are concerned about you. They might just want to have control over you. I'm reminded of 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9. It says we are God's building. So we're in a season of building where God is building us up. And just like that building, whenever people drive by, people are going to ask the question, what is happening in your life? What is happening in your life? Tell them you are a work under construction. Even God did not finish the whole world in one day, even though he could. We are, used to, we are used to covering up unfinished business. But we have a God that is not ashamed because he understands that the, that the first impression is not always the final conclusion. The first impression is not always the final conclusion. So God understands that every now and then you have to build one block at a time, one step at a time. And most of us don't want to build. If we are made in his image and he is a builder, then you have to understand sometimes building can be dirty. Some of you are hanging around friends without knowing your friends are like scaffolds. And once you have been built up, they're going to fall off. And it's okay. My, my kids were having a conversation about something they were not concerned with. 
if you are going to be built for construction, then you must be ready to be an object of conversation. You cannot say you are ready for construction if you are not ready to be an object of conversation. Your destiny will require scrutiny. Be ready for attention. The kids will talk about you. They will have conversations about you. But you are in a season where God is building you. Look at your neighbor and tell them God is building me up. Look at the other neighbor and tell them I'm trying this out. God is building you. <laughs> God is building you up. What I don't understand is that there are people like my kids that keep having these conversations when none of this concerns them. I don't have a problem if you behave like you're interested in me. I have a problem when you behave like you're interested in me, but you're not invested in me. If you are interested in me, be invested in me. Don't put your mouth on me if you can't put your money in me. I have a situation with people who want to have a say in my life, but they don't have a stake in my life. If you, if you actually really are concerned about me, then you will get to work with me and not talk about me. This is a season where we are going back to the basics. And I'm going to show you in scripture what you need to do. It might not be very fancy, but if you get this in your spirit, your life will never be the same. When pastor began to speak, I knew I had to be here because the word he was speaking, I was like, pastor, can you come down? Because you're going to make my message irrelevant because you are looking into my notes already. Somebody say, God is building me. Says, God is building me. There is a lot to be said about this. Because when you look at our text, we realize that God told Noah to build an ark. Everybody say, build an ark. We know that scripture. God told Noah, build an ark. The, the Sunday school story, Noah, build an ark. Noah, build an ark. We know that. But, but what are the fundamental truths we can glean from, we can extrapolate from this text that is going to help us as we talk about going back to the basics, to the rudiments, to the fundamentals. What can we learn from this? The first thing I want you to write down if you're taking notes is composure. Everybody say composure. composure. I know you are waiting for one big word like breakthrough. <laughs> composure is very critical. You say, Pastor Rema, where, where is composure in this text, I'm glad you asked. You know, when God decided to, to look for a man to do this work, he looked around and he picked a man by the name of Noah. You know what the word Noah means? Noah means rest and composure. To be composed. To stay in a, in a state of rest and relaxation. So when pastor was talking about rest, I was like, dang, he, he, he's preaching my message. Because for what God is about to do in the next season of Convert Church, you need to rest. 
I, I know you want me to give the, the big word of prophecy. I'm coming there. It's coming, right? But for now, you need to rest. Because it's very important. Rest is not just a position. Rest is a disposition. Jesus was in the midst of the storm and he slept. And spoke to the storm. Could it be possible the reason you've not spoken to the storm is because you have not slept in the storm? Maybe you cannot speak to it if you don't sleep in it. Somebody say rest. rest. That's what Noah means. Church, how is it possible that God looked for who to give work to, give this assignment to, and he looked for somebody at rest? Could it be possible that you are not building, that you are not chosen to do this assignment because you are too agitated, you are too anxious, you are everywhere. The Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. I came to let you know that there are some things you will not build till you are in a state of rest. God did not create the world in one day. He took breaks. And sometimes your breakthrough is in your break. In order to get a breakthrough, you need to take breaks sometimes. God said, I know the birds are not here. I know the sun is not here, but I'm going home. We'll continue tomorrow. And there's nothing wrong with it. Somebody say rest. I'm telling you that if you understand this secret, can I say this? I'm going to skip over a sec. Can I say this? There are three ways the enemy wants to attack you. He wants to attack you with fear in your spirit. And we've mastered it. We know how to quote scriptures. He wants to attack you with fear in your spirit. He wants to also attack you with facts in your mind. And we know how to do that because we know how to speak words and, 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 and quote scriptures like, I'm, not going to be trans- I'm going to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. And this is what the doctor said, but this is what the word says. We know that. But he also wants to attack you with fatigue in your body. Fear in your spirit, facts in your mind, and fatigue in your body. I'm telling you, if you get this principle, because what good is it having the vision with no energy? What what, What good is it, Moses, when you are supposed to take them in, but you don't have the strength to? I'm telling you that maybe you were too active to be used by God. Maybe you were too anxious to be used by God. The Bible says, stand still and see the salvation of God. Somebody say, stand still. Stand still. Stand still. I, I need to explain something because as I looked at this text, it dawned on me that everything no one needed to build the ark was already provided. All Noah needed to do was to use what was provided. He used what was available to make what was desirable. He began to work with what God had given him. He did not need to work for it. He just put it to work. So grace doesn't mean you have to work for it. Grace means you have to work on it. 
Grace doesn't mean you have to work for it. Grace means you have to work on it. Use what God gave you to build what God showed you. Noah showed up. And everything he needed was there. But he had to put it to work. The reason I say this is because a, a part of rest is not always physical, it's also spiritual. And resting in the finished work of what Jesus did on the cross. If he did not spare his only begotten son, but gave him for you, how will he not give you everything? So what God is saying basically is that if I can give you Jesus, what else can I not give you? Somebody say rest. Decomposed. Rest. Having done all to stand. Stand. That's the first thing I want to tell you because, because the man God uses, this is a basic fundamental. That's why we miss it. Because we go for everything that is attractive, but we don't go for what is effective. Composure. The next thing I want to pull out from here is consistency. Everybody say consistency. consistency. Now look at the neighbor, the one you've not spoken to today. Tell them consistency. <laughs> A lot, this is so good. A lot of times we focus so much on the ark. This ark was so gigantic. It was humongous. It was 450 feet. It was massive. It could, it could fit almost two football fields together. It could sit it could, it could fit in three space shuttles. This is, this is gigantic. This act was humongous. But every time we talk about this story, God told me we talk about the ark, but we forget about the piece of land that the ark was on top of. And I said, what? How does that concern me? He said, exactly. How does it feel to bear the weight of the ark, but not have the attention of the ark? And I said, wow. And he began to tell me that it, don't, it did not matter what they put on top of that piece of land. It was still constant. Whether it was a one nail, two pieces of wood, an ark, animals in the ark, nobody in the ark. It did not complain. It was just doing its job. It was there. And it dawned on me that a lot of us are not functioning because we want attention. If you can only function when you have attention, then you are simply practicing eye service, not real service. If you, can, if you only need attention to function, then you are not necessarily practicing service. You are, you are this eye service because you need, you need people to notice what you're doing. Have you forgotten that we don't see the foundation of this building? But if the foundation be destroyed, what will the righteous do? So, so it means that the foundation is not designed to be attractive. The foundation is designed to be effective. Consistency. Are we made in his image? Yes. But he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm not saying, I wish we didn't have to grow old and have all the gray hair. Some of you are like, hallelujah. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking, I said, brother, I said, 
<laughs> what I'm talking about is consistency in your character. That's good. It's whether pastor is here or not, I'm going to show up. I'm not going to show off. I'm going to show up. Some people want to show off when they've not shown up. I'm going to be consistent. Most of us read that text and we don't even remember the piece of land. You forget that if the ark was big, the land was bigger. What does it feel like to be in the, in the position of that piece of land? Think about it. What does it feel like to be big and not noticed? What does it feel like? And, and I, I want to speak to you today because a lot of people are gifted but grounded. A lot of people today are, are like, God, I have a great destiny, but it's almost like there's no visibility. Nobody knows me. I have a great calling, but no one is calling me. My gift is out of this world, but I'm out of sight. No one has seen me. I, I want to let you know, you need to understand that what God needs from you in this season that is fundamental is consistency. God is not looking for attractive people. He's looking for effective people. Good. Good. I'm, I'm going to say that again because, because you need to understand that God is not looking for attractive people. He's looking for effective people. He's looking for reliable people. Can God build on you? Can God depend on you? Or do you always want attention to function? The Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let that man not think he would receive anything from God. Wow. Let me let you know. They can look at you and feel like, oh, you're just, it's just, the, well, no, let's focus on the ark. No, no, no. Sometimes we forget that when God wanted to create the world or create man in his own image, he didn't use the gold. He didn't use silver. Right. He didn't use precious metal. He used the ground. And I need you to understand that you might feel like dirt and you might feel like people are stepping upon you. But you need to understand that you are still important. Yeah. And your importance is not based on your position. It's based on your function. You don't, you don't have to be visible to be valuable. I've never seen my heart, and I don't want to see it, ever. I've never seen my kidneys, and I don't want to ever see it. I've never seen my brains, and I never want to see it. But guess what? I can still see my fingers. Some people can cut off your fingers, and you can still function. But your brain is out, your heart is out, you're done. So, so do you think the fingers are going to talk to the heart and say, hey, 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 you see, they can see me. No, 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 no. I don't want that conversation, hand versus heart. No, no, no. Stop it. Because just because the heart is not visible doesn't mean it's not valuable. Just because the foundation is not visible doesn't mean it's not valuable. If the foundation be destroyed, what will the righteous do? Somebody say consistent. If you are going to get to the next season of your life, I came all the way from Houston to let you know that you need composure and you need to be consistent. These are words we don't even hear anymore. 
We hear blessings and breakthroughs and open doors and abundance and, and this and that. But, but, but what you don't understand is that your prayer, your prayer point is so long because you've not obeyed the principles. I did not, I didn't, I didn't sleep last night saying, God, please, I, I want to grow. I, I want to grow. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't pray last night with my kids saying, God, when they wake up tomorrow, make sure they keep growing. Make sure they keep growing taller and taller and taller. I don't pray for growth. I just make sure they are healthy because growth happens when health is in place. Healthy things grow. All I'm saying is the principle matters. Somebody say consistent. I began to look at this text and it dawned on me also that when God began to speak, when God began to speak to Noah and said, Noah, build an ark. My sister, what he was saying also, he was speaking to the land. I'm using my, I'm using my picture of license because finally, if that piece of land had a voice, it will say, finally, something is going to be built on me. Finally, I'm going to be put to use. Finally, someone has taken notice of me. Finally, I'm not just going to be dormant. I want to speak to every man in this place. I want to speak to every woman in this place. You feel like you have been overlooked. You feel like nobody knows who you are. You are just a face in the crowd, a number in the system. I came to announce to you that you are not important because people know your name. You are important because God knows your name. You are not important because people know your name. You are important because God knows your name. He was speaking to Noah, build an ark. But he was speaking to the land also. Something is about to come on top of you. There's grace about to be on top of you. I'm about to do a project on top of you. I decree and I declare in this season that God is about to do something in your life that has never been done before. God is about to build on your life. Everything that has been dormant in your life. Everything that has been static in your life. Everything that has been nothing in your life. God says in this season I'm about to build upon your life. The Bible says thou anoints my head with oil. My cup runs over. So what is on your head determines what is in your cup. What is in your head determines what is in your cup. I decree and declare in this season, God is going to put something on your head that would affect your cup. God is going to put something on your head that's going to affect every aspect of your life. Somebody say, I believe. Look at your name and tell, me, tell them he's talking to you. He's talking to you. God is about to put something in your life. He's about to put wisdom on your children. It's about to put gifts and graces on your, on your kids. He's about to put something on your marriage. It's about to put something on you. I feel the power of the Holy Ghost. God is about to put it on you. Whatever you're believing God for. In this season, God says, I'm about to put it up on you. Good measure. Press down. Shake it together. And running over. Somebody say, I hear you. It's about to put peace in your relationship. It's about to put protection over your house. He's about to bind that societal spirit, that spirit of depression. God is about to put peace over you. He's about to give you things that money cannot buy. Somebody say, yes, he will. Somebody say, yes, he will. Look at your neighbor, tell them, yes, he will. Look at the other neighbor, tell them, yes, he will. Just in case you're sitting beside someone that doesn't know what to do with this type of atmosphere, preach to yourself and say, yes, he will. No, scream it and say, yes, he will. Come on, give Jesus the biggest praise in the house. 
Yes, he will. Yes, he will. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he did it before, he can do it again. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. Oh, yes, he will. If he did it before, he can do it again. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. I speak to every lying tongue. I speak to every thought, demonic thought, depressive thought, societal thoughts, negative thought, generational causes. The Bible says the yoke shall be destroyed by reason of the anointing. Yes, he will. If he did it before, he can do it again. Look around you. Everything you see around you are testimonies of God's goodness and grace. If he did it for your neighbor, he's in the neighborhood and he can do it for you. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. If you are watching online, put it in the chat. Yes, he will. Oh, yes, he will. I serve a God that can do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond all I can ask or think. Yes, he will. He will. The next thing I want to leave with you is, the third point is courage. Everybody say courage. When God told Noah, build an ark, he was basically telling him, to do something he has never seen before. You know, we have the gift of hindsight. So we can say, oh, build an ark. Mm, yeah, you should have just put it together. But, but it's almost like he says, build something you've never seen before. Think about that. It takes courage to build something you have never seen before. I'm going to say it again. It takes courage yes, to build something that you have never seen before. Let me, let me speak it in Pastor Ray's language. It takes courage to believe God for a debt-free building. It takes courage to believe God for houses you didn't build. It takes courage to look at your bank account, look at the size of your church and say, No, I understand the stats, but I'm going to believe God. It takes courage. And today your church is a point of reference. Let me tell you a secret. When God tells you to do something that doesn't have a point of reference, it's because he wants to make you the point of reference. When God tells you to do something that doesn't have a point of reference, it's because he wants to make you the point of reference. When you look around you and you see that God is telling you to do something that doesn't, and there's no example around you, it takes courage to be the example people will follow. Yes. Somebody say courage. courage. Joshua, be strong and be courageous. Listen, let me tell you something. Most of what we have there, Jesus has already done. There. Jesus did it. Faith is not used to get God to do things. Faith is used to get the things God has already done. Let me ask a question. What is the biggest and best thing that God can ever give you? Jesus. We can all agree on that, right? Okay. So, where were you when he gave you Jesus? Where, where were you when, you when he gave you Jesus? This is why Pastor Wendy was here trying to encourage us so that we can be laser focused when you're fasting. 
Because your fasting doesn't move God, it moves you. Sometimes what you need is not possession, it's revelation. That's why the Bible, oh, you guys are going to get me off tangent. You guys are pulling on me. That's why the Bible tells us, put on the helmet of salvation. Put on this and put on that. Then you will think, sorry, you will think the next thing is then go to battle. Then he says, stand. Hold on a second. How can you tell me to put on all of this then tell me stand? Newsflash, because you are in position and you don't know. So everything you need, he did. It is finished. But it takes courage to get what God has given you. Let me put this in perspective. Some of you might be believing God for a house. But the best thing God gave you is Jesus. So when you begin to worry about the house, did you ever worry about Jesus? You didn't even need faith for God to send Jesus to die for you. <laughs> you did not exercise any faith for Jesus to come and say, these are my people, let me go die for them. He didn't need your faith. And that is the best thing he can ever give you. The biggest thing. I'm trying to make sure I let you know that everything you see here has been done on the cross. So when you begin to pray, don't pray from a place. Oh my goodness, you guys are trying to get me to, oh Jesus. Let me say this and, and I got to get out of here. Because we are also in a season of praying and fasting. Pastor Ray, I was preaching yesterday. And we had over 100 people praying. Just a, a little prayer meeting in church. And as I was starting prayer, Pastor Wendy Oh, Jesus. Do you understand how God, God doesn't want to answer your prayers. God has answered your prayers. Yeah. You know, it sounds, uh, yeah, when church, he answered, okay. I, I told God, can you give me an assurance? Give me something. I, I need a rhema word. I don't want, He's, he told me, shut up. <laughs> and he says, look at the scriptures. And I did. He took me to the Bible. And most of us are familiar with when Jesus casted out the demon from the, from the man at, the, at Gennesaret. That the demons told Jesus, please, don't cast us out. Cast us into the pigs. Hold on. Hold on. The word of God, the New King James Version says, the demons begged Jesus. I'm coming. Beg Jesus to not cast them out, but to cast them into the pigs. This is your Bible I'm reading. Guess what? The demons. I was expecting Jesus to say, you are a demon. I'm not going to answer your prayer request. Then God told me, oh my goodness gracious. That if I can answer the prayers of demons. Yeah. He told demons, yes. I said, oh my God. You told demons, yes. 
and God told me to tell you, you are not as bad as a demon. It doesn't matter what you did last night. It doesn't matter where you were last night. There is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ. And God told me, if I can handle and say yes to demons, then how much more you? I began to scream and shout. So the next time the enemy tells you that God cannot answer your prayers, tell him, hold on a second. I checked my Bible and he answered your own prayers. So why do you think he cannot answer my own prayers? Come on. Oh, come on, goodness. Now, 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 hold on, hold on. I got to correct this because now things go viral and someone is going to say, Pastor Emma said. So let me, let, me, let me balance this. God doesn't answer the prayers of demons. But all things work together. For, not for good, for the good. We always miss the the, 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 because we want it to be just for us. For the good. Which is different from for good. But we'll talk about it later because I don't want to go off, off topic. And I needed to understand that as long as it's God's purpose, God says, yes. Even if it's the demons, he says, yes. That's why the Bible says, had the princes of this world known, they would not have crucified Jesus. It was a yes to their prayer request. And I'm telling you because Pastor Wendy said, I want us to go deeper. I want us to go deeper. So when you go in, the Bible says, this is the confidence that we have. That if we ask anything, God says, I've given you a blank check and it cannot bounce. Put everything on it. Somebody say courage. It would take courage to understand. Joshua, that I have given you the land, even though you're looking at Jericho. Be strong and be of good courage. God told Noah, build this thing. And Noah said, hold on. But I have not seen any example of anyone that has built this thing. And I just want to pause here for a second. And I want to ask the question. How many people are building in the present? How many people are building in the present for the future what they never saw in the past? How many single moms? How many single dads? How many couples are struggling to stay married when they never saw an example of a marriage that made it? Building things that you never saw an example for. I want to speak to every Noah in the house that God has called. You know you, you know there's more on your inside. You know there's much more. And God is saying, I need you to build things you have never seen before. Build a home you never saw. Just because you didn't come from a rich family doesn't mean a rich family cannot come from you. Build things you have never seen before. Build a business. I know nobody ever graduated from your school. I know nobody ever made a first million dollars ever. But you can build things even if you didn't see it. 
Noah is proof. And I came down here to let you know that there is something in you that can build even when you didn't see it. You can do it even though, even though there was no example around you. You can do it because whenever God tells you to do something that doesn't have a point of reference, it's because he wants to make you the point of reference. You can build it even if you've not seen it before. We are standing on an evidence that you can do it even if you've not seen it before. Somebody say, I can do it. It takes courage to build. It takes courage to build without a point of reference. I'm going to say this before I go to my last point. Because God did something very specific. He said, Noah, I'm going to give you dimensions for the ark. Dimensions for the ark. And he gave him specifications. And I, I asked God, why did you give him specifications? He said something. He said, because if I didn't give him dimensions and specifications, he would have built a big ark. Big enough for his family, but small enough for his future. He would have built the ark, but the size would be wrong. He would have built the structure, but the size would be wrong. How many people here, you are doing the right thing, but the size is wrong? Newsflash. This blessing is not just for you. The animals are coming. The animals are coming. You need to build bigger. You cannot restrict your blessing to just your family and yourself. And that's why God said, whenever God gives you directions, it's because he wants to kill your ambition and enlarge your vision. Lord, why do I need all this space? You would, you, just give me five months. Then you understand why I, I gave you this land on this side of the road. Then you understand why I gave you this, this place. You understand. You, you might not understand it now. But very soon when this church has two services and three services, then you understand what God is doing in this place. Yeah. Give me some time. I'm building something here. Yeah. 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 There, is there is more. And God is saying today, please, you might have the right vision, but maybe you have the wrong dimension. You might have the right assignment, but maybe you have the wrong measurement. And God is saying, build it bigger. Because if you build it, I would feel it. <laughs> if you build it, I will feel it. Not big enough just for your family, Abraham, because I have blessed you to become a blessing to many nations. Build it for bigger. Look at your neighbor and tell them, make room for more. Make room for more. Make room for more. Whatever you're believing God for, double it up. Make room for more. Make room for more. You're, you're talking about a God that created the whole world and you're asking him for this. What if I told you your need is too small to motivate God? Do you know, do you know what it's going to look like if you met a rich man and you told him, can you, um, can you give me 60000 Because I, I want to I wanna put a down payment on a house. It's like down payment. What, what language is that? What, why are you not buying the house? You know, because what we call a blessing can actually be a limitation. Some of us have not seen beyond making car payments. Your definition of buying a car is car payments. 
Your definition of getting a house is mortgage payment. And the word mortgage is from the word much, which is death, mortuary. That's a separate conversation. I'm trying to tell you that there is more, but it takes courage to see what God has in store for you. Somebody say courage. I'm about to wrap this up. God, God, God is calling you to a place where he says there is more, but I don't just want you to do this for yourself. Do this for the animals that are coming. Do this for posterity. Do this for generations. There is more. Make room for more. And it takes courage to build a custom home, not just a model home. Anybody can build a model home. Hey, can you build exactly what it, but what, what happens when God says you're the model, not the custom? Or actually, you are the custom, not the model. Some of you are so used to model blessings that you cannot even have anything customized. Oh, let me leave there. You guys are going to pull us. <laughs> as I thought about this, I'm going to move to this last point, but I got to say this because my brother, as I thought about this, I asked myself, who told the animals the departure location of the ark? Who told the animals? Who gave them the GPS coordinates? Who told the lions, hey, we are leaving at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time? Do you understand the miracle of this text? Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. Let me ask another question. Who organized the animals in twos? Because if you started the text, Noah just stood at the door and the animals were going in. I'm telling you, if you stay in position, God will bring the blessing. Some of you are looking for the blessings and struggling and striving. And that's why I said, Noah means rest. Don't go, don't pursue what is supposed to pursue you. Seek ye first the kingdom and every other thing. Some of you are pursuing additions. Every other thing shall be added. How can, a, a, how can an addition be your prayer request? Who told the animals all of this? Oh, by the way, my brother, what happened to the food, the food chain? Why didn't the lions eat the... the, the what, what happened to... Like, I'm just, I'm just being real here. Because there were lions and there were tigers and there were squirrels and, there were, and everybody was... In the same ark? What happened? Why didn't the tigers? Why didn't the lions eat? I thought they were carnivores. <laughs> I cannot even do this. This is crazy. God, please write this down. God doesn't need to answer your questions to answer your prayers. If I said, if that's the only thing you wrote down, I'm fine. I go back to Houston. God doesn't need to answer all your questions to answer all your prayers. God is not in the explanation business. He's in the manifestation business. He will not always explain himself, but he would always reveal himself. God doesn't have to answer all your questions to answer all your prayers. There will always be questions. But God doesn't answer questions. He answers prayers. The next point is control. I'm going to end with that. Everybody say control. Control. God told Noah. This is good. I'm having fun all by myself here. I don't know about you guys, man. God told Noah. 
Sorry, I, I don't know how many minutes I have. You guys got to put it up because I'm an African preacher and I'm going to preach for the next. I'm just joking. Let me know how, let me know how many minutes I have. Don't tell an African preacher to take it. I'm just joking. Don't mind me. Everybody say control. Control is very important. Pastor Wendy, when God told Noah to build an ark, he told Noah to put one door in the ark. Everybody say one door. Come on, say one door. Look at how, how big this room is. And how many doors does he have? More than one. <laughs> I didn't want to count. That's his very smart. Like, I'm not counting. More than one. More than one door. And God said, build this gigantic thing, but make sure it has one door. Because a door is a mechanism designed to control inflow and outflow. Okay. So God says, I need you to have a control system. I needed to have a system of separation. I needed to have an exit and an entry. Because for this next season of your life, I'm going to be sending some things into your life and I'm going to be pushing some things outside your life. So you need control. <laughs> this is going to get good. And by the way, can I tell you that this is where most of us struggle with? Because you have more than one door in your life. And people exit your life without your permission. People steal your power without your permission. They steal your identity. They steal everything about you without your permission. Because you have multiple access points. And the enemy can come in from any angle. And the hedge has been broken so the serpent can now bite. Because you have multiple exits and entries. And people come in when they want and they enter when they want and they leave when they want. And they keep depleting you. And God says, no, 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 no. In this season, in this year, you have to get back to the basics. And I need one door. So I see everything that is coming into your life and everything that is going outside your life. L let me break it down. You need self-control. So, so you don't get this so, this, no, no, let me break it down. You need a control system in your life. You don't need to respond to everything that doesn't feel right on social media. Just because he, he winked at you doesn't mean you need his number. Just because he likes you doesn't mean you have to date her. You need a system of control. You need boundaries. You, you, you need definitions around your life. You need control in your life. Because what God is about to do in your life requires self-control not my will but your will somebody say control this is where we miss it because we don't have control we have capacity but we don't have control we are consistent but we don't have control and God is calling you into a life where you have to have control can you imagine how big the ark was and God says, no, I got to control everything that is happening in your life. What if I told you that what you're dealing with has an exit that you don't even know about? A generational curse or negative pattern, an exit, an entry or something like that you don't even know. A portal that has been opened that you don't even know about. By the blood of Jesus, I seal every door. That the enemy has opened, knowingly or unknowingly, every illegal entry or exit. I decree and declare that the blood of Jesus is against it. And in the name of Jesus, 
whatever, like the Bible says, whatever my father has not planted, be uprooted in your life. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Everybody say amen. amen. Do you know, as I wrap this up, do you understand, guys, that as big as this ark was, it had one door. I said, God, what are you saying here? He says to tell you converge, that you don't need many doors to enter into your big season. One door is enough. <laughs> One man is enough. Some of you need multiple doors. God says, no, no, no. One man is enough to get you into your big season. One door is enough. As big as this ark was, one door was all it required. God told me to tell you and let you know, convert, that one is enough. Oh, look at your neighbor and tell them one is enough. One is enough. One idea is enough. One business is enough. One, 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 one. One presentation at work is enough. One connection is enough. You don't need multiple doors open. One, 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 one. Just one. What some of you are looking for in this season, you need key people in your life. You know how I define key people? Key people are people that have the keys to the next level of your life. You don't need everybody. You need... You need somebody, you need key people that have access. God is saying in this season, I don't need all the doors open. I just need one door open. And finally, when the, when the animals were about to enter, the word of God actually said something. It says, I need all of them. I need you to go into the ark. No, he didn't say go. He says, come into the ark. Can you put up that scripture? I believe it's 7 verse 1. It says, I need you to come. So good. Or 16, I'm not very sure which, which is it. It says, I need you to come. And, and I asked myself, there's a difference between let's go to Starbucks or come, I'm in Starbucks. I'm using a Starbucks example because of Pastor Wendy, by the way. <laughs> if I tell you, go to Starbucks, please. Help me. Where am I? Am I in Starbucks? No. No, that's not it. I think it's, um, check, I think Genesis, the, the verse 16, the last, the last verse. Verse 16 or so. Whatever the text was, verse 16. 7-1. 7-1? Okay, let's do 7-1. 7-1. But the word there is come. Yeah, that's the word I want. Come into the ark. So, so if I say go, it means I'm not yet there. But if I say come, <laughs> if I say come, it means I'm already there. Can I, can I let you know something, Converge, that God is already in your future waiting for you? God is not saying go to your future. He says come to your future. Come to your breakthrough. Come to your abundance. God is not the go God. He's the come God. Come, let us reason together. He's not the go God. He's the come God. Yeah. Even when he says go, his spirit is in you. Yeah. He's called Emmanuel. God with us. Yeah. He says, come. Come. Where's the, where's the keyboard? You better play something so I feel like I'm spiritual here. I'm just joking. But I need you to understand wherever you are, this might take some courage. But I want to speak to you, my brother, my sister. 
God is not sending you to where he's not been to before. If God says go 17 miles east and you don't understand, God is not saying go. He says come 17 miles east because he's already here waiting for you. God did not send them here. God called them here. Because he was already here waiting. And that's what I have for you today. I need to let you know that God is not telling you to go to the ark. He's telling you to come to the ark. This is why you need one access point. So that when God walks in, he comes in and you know. Lift up your head, O ye gates. Be lifted up and let the king of glory come in. If everybody has access to your life, you can never be an asset. You cannot become an asset if everybody has access to your life. You got to have one door. You got to have some regulations, some restrictions in your life. And when we talk about the fundamentals and the foundations, listen, I'm not just Houston and I'm not, I, listen, I can jump and shout and preach. I'm, I'm sure some people are going to watch this message and like, Pastor Raymond, you are very quiet today. Because foundation is not designed to be attractive but effective. I want to come back here. The last time I preached in Converge, we were at the, at the, um, at the movie theater. The next time I want to come, I want it to, to be exploding. Multiple services. Building much more than church. Because church is, church is not just a building. We are the church. And there's so much God wants to do between Monday and Saturday. And God is going to use this, this community of believers. Because we are not the light of Frisco, nor Prosper, or McKinney. No. We are the light, not of Dallas, not of Houston, not of Texas, not of the United States. You are the light of the world. The city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. How much? How much do you have to put on the check God gives you that is blank for it to bounce back? Are you going to settle for less or settle for more? I want you to be effective and that's why I'm saying please gain your composure and get some rest because the journey is long. You got to be consistent. You got to be courageous. And please, when you've done all of that, make sure you have one access point. Make sure you have some control in your life. Make sure you have some boundaries in your life. This is fundamental and of course that ark is a type and shadow of Jesus because the Bible says the name of the Lord is a strong tower the righteous runs into it and they are safe can we be upstanding I'm just going to say a word of prayer and I'm going to hand it off to pastor wherever you are today I want to thank you convert for your time this morning but I want to say thank you Thank you for obliging me to, to be able to share God's word with you today. Think about the words I've said and how the Holy Spirit is ministering to you. Yours might not be courage. Yours might be consistent. Yours might not be consistent. Yours might be just composure. You're going through the storm. God is saying, don't speak to it yet till you sleep in it first. And yours might be just, you need some controls in your life. But I want to say thank you very much. I love you and I'll see you. Bye-bye. Amen. Don't, don't leave. Stay right up here with me, Doc.
Come on, Converge, let's show our love for Pastor Dr. Rayma Emery. Listen, the kids today would say he understood the assignment. Yay! Listen, man of God, thank you so much uh, for, 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 um, for being such a, a choice vessel, uh, for allowing the Lord to use you in such a prophetic and profound way. Uh, Pastor Rayma has no idea that everything he said this morning is confirmation wow. of things that God has been speaking to my heart wow. in prayer. I'm telling you, um, get ready. There's so much I could say. So much I could say. Let's celebrate what God is doing now. But listen, let's look forward with anticipation to what God will do next. Because we've only, listen to me, we have only just begun. I told the church the other day I was in prayer. Wow. And the Lord took me to Genesis chapter 18. It's the story of where God spoke to Abraham and said, this time next year, your wife Sarah will conceive. Sarah laughed. And God's response was, why did Sarah laugh? Is there anything too hard for God? And the very next day, the very next day, the Lord started to minister to me and told me to make a phone call. I can't tell y'all about what this phone call is related to. It is so much bigger than what we are able to do in our own ability and power. The other person, the person on the other end of the, I can't even begin to tell you what it is. I'm t listen to me converge. One door. God is up to something. And our part is to stay in position. I'm telling you. That's all I'm going to say. Pastor Raymond, one more time, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And this is what I want you to do. Uh, where you going, man? <laughs> I feel like I need to take a break next week and have Pastor Rayma come back. What you? Pastor Rayma is such a dear friend. Uh, we're going to pray and you're going to be dismissed. Uh, but listen, the doors of the church will be open uh, Monday through Saturday. So Monday through Friday, 6 p.m., about 7, 7.30. If you can. Just come and let's pray together. Some of y'all just need to come tomorrow night so y'all can intercede for the Cowboys against the Buccaneers. We need extra intercession tomorrow. Somebody said they need it? <laughs> Says the Philadelphia Eagles fan. Let's pray. Ah, Father, thank you for all that you're doing here in our midst. Father, thank you for the blueprint that you have given us so we don't have to be unsure or uncertain about what we should do. Father, help us to be obedient to this blueprint from your word that you have entrusted to your servant, Pastor Rayma. Father, make us diligent and faithful doers of your word, not just hearers only. Seal this word in our hearts. And Father, give us the courage, the composure, the consistency, and the control to live out this blueprint that you have given us. And God will be careful to give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise for it. In Jesus' name, and everyone said,
Amen. Pastor Wendy and I will be at the Connection Center with Pastor Rayma to greet you if you're a first-time guest. Uh, we also have the Serve Team Fair. We would love for you to sign up to serve for a team as we grow. Serve on a team as we grow. God bless you. We'll see you soon. impacted by today's worship experience would love to hear from you maybe today's sermon is exactly what you needed to hear or you prayed the prayer of salvation for the first time if so would love to send you information on how to kickstart your relationship with God or if you'd like information about how to join our virtual family email us at echurch at weareconverged.com if you'd like to partner with us financially you can do so online safely and securely at www.weareconverge.com forward slash give. You can also give via text. Simply text Converge Give and the dollar amount that you'd like to give to 77977. You can also find all of this information in our mobile app. Simply go to your app or Play Store, search for Converge Church Plano and download the app. It's that simple. Again, thank you so much for joining us for today's worship experience and we look forward to staying connected with you.